Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is Saturday, November 21st, 2020, and I'm going to go to work in about one hour or so. But I really needed to knock out this podcast about this article that was published just a couple days ago in JAMA Open that's titled Clinical Effects of Balanced Crystalloids versus Saline in Adults with Diabetic Ketoacidosis. I have great interest in this clinical trial because I've always thought it's been completely bonkers that we give our patients who have DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis, a bunch of saline as soon as they hit the door in the emergency department. The reason why I've always thought this is a little bit crazy is because obviously diabetic ketoacidosis is a problem where a patient has a metabolic acidosis. You know, you look at their numbers and their serum bicarb is, I don't know, five, eight, less. These people are sick. These people are huffing and puffing. And then the concept of giving them saline, which, you know, I know you can look at the bag and see that the pH on the bag is 5.0 or so. And to those of us who know a little bit more in detail about strong ion difference, which is something I could potentially talk about on this podcast and explain that we have a strong ion difference of zero in saline, which ultimately has 154 milliequivalents per liter of sodium and 154 milliequivalents per liter of chloride, which ultimately causes the hyperchloremic metabolic acidosis, we say to ourselves, why are we giving these patients with an acidosis a fluid that could create an acidosis? It just never has made sense. But the truth is that nobody has ever really, really looked into it, which is why I'm very grateful for the authors of this trial for creating this trial. And it's actually really cool how they did it. So the particular group of authors of this trial are from Vanderbilt. And a couple years ago, I believe it was March of 2018, during the Society of Critical Care Medicine Conference, they presented two trials simultaneously that ultimately ended up being published in the Critical Care Medicine Journal, excuse me, in the New England Journal of Medicine. And that was the SALT-ED trial, SALT as in like SALTY, SALT-ED for emergency department, and the SMART trial. And in these two particular trials, they looked at utilizing balanced salt solutions, which are LR or plasmolite. I'll get to more of those in a second. Or giving patients saline in their underlying disease processes. And then they measured a number of outcomes. But overall, it kind of highlighted some of the reasons why you should use balanced salt solutions as opposed to using saline in these different clinical scenarios. But what they were able to do here is out of those 20,000 or something like that patients, they were able to isolate 172 patients who had DKA and do a bunch of number crunching to figure out which one's better for them and which one creates the best outcomes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So first, just to remind you what I just mentioned a few moments ago about saline. Saline has a sodium content of 154. That's a lot of sodium. It's actually 9 grams of sodium per 1 liter of fluid. So there's this whole analogy out there of like how many bags of laced potato chips it takes to be equal to one bag of saline. 
But the bigger component, the bigger worry for me is a 154 molar equivalence per liter of chloride. Chloride is not good for us. It's not good for our kidneys. This has been shown in trials in the past. There's there's citations for this this elsewhere on my on my work. I'm not going to get into it too bad. But chloride is a problem. Chloride causes a hyperchloremic metabolic acidosis, which which I've talked about on numerous occasions. So now let's move over to LR, which a lot of us are have seen in the past and is getting more into the in, into the forefront of IV fluid management. LR has a sodium concentration of 130 milliequivalents per liter. LR also has potassium in it, and this is what makes people very very cautious about using LR, but has four milliequivalents per liter. And you're going to see based on the results of this trial that that does not cause patients to have hyperkalemia. Okay. That's everybody's like, oh my God, they're going to make the patients hyperkalemic. No, that's not, that hasn't been shown in any trials and it's definitely not shown here. So don't worry about that right now. It also has chloride and it has 109 milliequivalents per liter in of chloride, which physiologically us, we have between 98 and 109. Those are usually the reference ranges that you'll see in the labs. But the other thing about LR, it has some calcium in it. So obviously you can't give it to the patients in the same IV line as where they're getting a blood transfusion. So keep that in mind that they're getting blood simultaneously. But the other thing is that LR has sodium lactate. Notice I'm saying sodium lactate, not lactic acid. Okay, and that lactate ends up getting metabolized in the liver and turned into bicarb. I'm not going to go into the whole, uh, into the whole Cori cycle and all that here on this podcast because you'll definitely tune it out. This actually helps create a buffer. It helps fix the patient's pH faster with this sodium lactate. Remember, sodium lactate is not lactic acid. As much as some people fail to recognize this, and so how many how many people just don't want to believe this? It just doesn't work that way. It's not not the proper chemistry. But next up, let's talk about plasma light really quick, really, really quick, because a lot of people are not familiar with plasma light, and I've done a lot of work on plasma light. People are like, oh, this is a new fluid. No, guys, this is not a new fluid. This has been around, I believe, since 1984, because I did my research on this, reached out to Baxter. All these three fluids, the plasma light, the saline, and the LR, are actually made by Baxter Pharmaceuticals. It's the same company. So... You know, you could order it from, from your pharmacy if you get the buyer to buy it. And I don't know, I guess talk to the P&T committee so that they could put it on your formulary. So let's quickly talk about the contents of Plasmolite. Plasmolite has a sodium concentration of 140. That's the same thing that you and I have right now, hopefully, of sodium in our body. It also has 98 milliequivalents per liter of chloride. 98 milliequivalents per liter of chloride is the same thing we have in our body right now. So there's no hyperchloremic metabolic acidosis. It has five milliequivalents per liter of potassium. So again, this raises a lot of people's eyebrows where they're saying, oh, we're going to make our patients hyperkalemic by giving them plasmolite. Again, this is not what's seen in the clinical trials. And I've, pro I've provided citations to prove this before. Plasmolite also has some magnesium in it. So there's less, uh, there was a trauma trial that took place in the past where it shows that patients who get plasmolite don't need that much magnesium replacement or any magnesium replacement for that matter. But again, this is not validated in DKA patients. And then plasmolite has two different buffers, okay? It has the it has the sodium acetate in it. You know, LR uses uh, sodium lactate. Plasmolite uses sodium acetate. Sodium acetate also gets converted into bicarb, but it gets converted into bicarb by 
more a, a greater variety of tissues as opposed to using the liver and the kidneys like LR does. Then in addition to that, you also have uh, sodium gluconate. And this is a little bit more questionable as to what actual effect it has for alkalinizing patients. But those are the three fluids that they look at in this particular study. So what these authors wanted to find out is what's the effect of giving people saline as opposed to giving them LR or plasmolite. And they bunched up LR and plasmolite together to call it balanced salt solutions or balanced crystalloids, which I completely agree with. And so this was a subgroup analysis of patients who presented to the emergency department with DKA in these two trials, the SALT-ED trial as well as the SMART trial. I'm not going to go into all the nitty gritty of DKA management because ultimately every, every institution has some protocols that they use to figure out how they're going to provide IV fluids as well as insulin to these patients. That could, that could be a podcast on its own. So I'll leave, that, I'll leave that part up to you and your institution as to how you address this. Again, the purpose of this podcast is to help you understand why you should potentially get rid of saline out of your treatment protocol and then switch over to either plasmalite or LR. By the way, another thing that people worry about is the cost of plasmalite. And plasmalite is honestly about $1 more per liter than the cost of saline or LR. Those are about the same at about, I don't know, your institution may vary. I'm not going to give any prices over, over, the, over this podcast that I can't back up. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, just to remind you guys, this is not a prospective trial looking solely at DKA patients. This is, this is a secondary analysis of this huge batch of patients, which, which is phenomenal that they collected over a number of years over in Vanderbilt. So let's look at the outcomes, and this is based on the different treatment groups, either balanced crystalloids, which is a combination of LR or plasmolite versus saline. And so the first thing we want to do, obviously, when we take care of DKA patients is get them out of DKA. And there was a statistically significant benefit to using balanced crystalloids versus saline in this subgroup analysis. The median time to get somebody out of DKA with the balanced crystalloids was 13 hours. Versus the saline, it was a median of 16.9 hours with a p-value of 0.004. Obviously, for statistical significance, for those people who are becoming new to looking at p-values and all that, you want it to be less than uh, 0.05. That being said, there was a median difference of about 3.9 hours. When our our ICUs are full, guys, we, we need to just like turn these patients over. We need to open up beds, especially with the pandemic that's going on right now. The faster we could get patients out of the ICU, the better it's going to be for uh, length of stay numbers. And ultimately, it's just better for our patients. You know, our patients who are in DKA, they just feel bad. They have nausea. They have vomiting. They're tachypnic because they're trying to blow off CO2 to compensate for their metabolic acidosis. It's also pretty labor intensive for our nursing staff to, you know, titrate the insulin drip, which also was discontinued faster. This is another, another statistically significant finding of this. The time to discontinuation of insulin infusion was a median of 9.8 hours in the balanced crystalloid group versus 
13.4 in the saline group with a p-value of 0.03. This is very helpful for our nurses because they are able to discontinue the insulin drip faster. This is about, you know, four hours difference, give or take. I can't do math on the spot. But this, again, will free up our nurses, let them take care of other patients, and it's just better for our patients that they're not getting, you know, insulin drips and the variations that could be that could be caused by this. Of course, there was no difference with regards to um, ICU admissions or in-hospital deaths or length of stay, any, any of those things. But one of the curious things that people worry about with regards to using Plasmalite or LR is that we're going to make our patients hyperkalemic because we're giving them potassium. And here I have to go into a little bit of physiology because remember that when people become acidotic, there's a shift of potassium from the intracellular space to the extracellular space. That's why when a lot of these patients come in with DKA, a lot of them are hyperkalemic to start with. But once you go ahead and you start correcting the acidosis, there's a shift from the extracellular space back into the cells. People need to remember that the potassium in LR or plasmalite is not additive. It's not like you're giving, you have somebody who has six milliequivalents per liter of potassium in their blood, you know, upon arrival, and then you give them five milliequivalents per liter in plasmalite, for example, and that's going to make 11. No, that, that just doesn't work that way. Remember that there's a volume of distribution that goes on with that liter bag. I've gone over all of this before, and uh, I'm not going to go over it here again for, for the sake of your time and your sanity. But even though this did not receive, uh, this did not get to statistical significance because the p-value is 0.19, it's, and it's not powered for this endpoint. When it comes to new hyperkalemia after ED presentation, 12% of the patients in the balanced crystalloid group had uh, new hyperkalemia versus in the saline group, 23% of patients developed new hyperkalemia. You might go ahead and be asking me right now in your car while you're listening to this. You might say, Eddie, how does saline cause new hyperkalemia if there's no potassium in it? Guys, this is why you don't want to give patients a fluid that makes you acidotic. When you give somebody a, somebody a fluid that creates more of an acidosis, there's more of a shift from the intracellular space of potassium to the extracellular space of potassium. So you could actually run into danger zones by giving patients saline with regards to hyperkalemia. Again, this is something that a lot of people don't realize. But the take-home point of all of this is that many of us have protocols in our respective institutions that basically make people get bombarded with saline as soon as they hit the door with diabetic ketoacidosis. And we really need to think twice about this because we could be actually doing a disservice to our patients. And again, at the end of the day, what are we supposed to do? The best for our patients we possibly can. And if we could shorten the length of stay in the intensive care unit, or at least the length of stay that the patient is in diabetic ketoacidosis, the length of time that the patient is on an insulin drip, the better it's going to be for everybody. We're going to save a bunch of money as a, as a healthcare institution, as well as make these patients' morbidity decrease significantly and uh, potentially get us best, better um, Prescani scores because we're going to be able to feed our patients faster. That's just a, you know, a little side note there. To conclude this podcast, I really have to tip my hat to the authors who were involved in this uh, subgroup analysis. I really enjoyed both the salty D trials as well as the SMART trials with regards to looking at LR 
or plasma light versus saline in different patient populations. I definitely recommend that you read those papers as well as this one. All of them are free for you to download. I don't think you should trust me. I think that you should read these read these data for yourself because you'll you'll get a lot out of it. And they're, they're good studies. They're good studies. Remember that the point of us doing what we do is to make people better. If switching them from saline to either LR or plasma light upon arrival to the emergency department is going to get us better outcomes, we should definitely look into this and look into implementing this at our respective institutions. Thank you very much for your support and listening to this podcast all the way to the end. If you're listening to it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever, please give it a five-star rating because I would greatly appreciate it. If you're listening to this on YouTube, give me a thumbs up, subscribe, share with your friends. It definitely helps the channel grow. Thank you all very much. Hope you all have a great day. Bye.